Bienvenidos por Mind Sex, a.k.a. Welcome to Mind Sex. What's going on to all my freaks? What's going on to all my drunkards out there um, that's celebrating Cinco de Mayo? May you be having an awesome time, enjoying life to the fullest. If it's your birthday, feliz cumpleaños. If it's not your birthday um, and it's just a good day, uh, I guess feliz día bien, you know, happy good day. Um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, over here, I don't, you know, wherever you guys are listening from, I know that there's some people in the U.S., there's Spain, Luxembourg, wherever you guys are listening in from, um, may you guys be having an awesome time. Currently right now in the U.S., I'm in New York, I reside in New York, it's kind of rainy out here, and I'm a bit reluctant to go outside, because I'm like, damn, it's mad rainy, but I still want to go out and have a good old time. So after I do this, after I speak to you guys, um, I will be getting myself ready and I will be leaving the building to then go elsewhere to have a good old time. But um, today's episode, I was completely inspired to do this episode because I just finished watching Knock the House Down or Knock Down the House, that it is a Netflix original series or a Netflix original documentary, I should say. Um, about all of these uh, women of color that have run for Congress within this past primary election that just took place um, last year, 2018. Um, it was a great time. It was a pivotal time where just people of, of all uh, walks of life just decided to, you know, just, just to make their mark and make their stand so that this way, people that look like me, Latinas, um, African-Americans, people of immigrant uh, descendants, they, um, you know, that the Congress reflects, has reflection of what the true American people look like, you know? So after seeing that movie, it was just, it was really, really, really moving for me. Uh, a good friend of mine had actually told me she, she recommended that, that I watch it. So I said, okay, no problem. I always wanted to know Alexandria, uh, Ocasio Cortez's, um, you know, what, like, kind of like where she started from or what, because literally <clears throat> I knew nothing about her until she won the primary against Joe Crowley. And I just knew it was a big deal. And for me, I was like, oh my gosh, we have the same last name. So for me, of course, it was just something that was like an immediate connection, though my last name is Cortez with an S and hers is a Z. It doesn't matter. We still family. We still along the same bloodline. But yeah, I was just kind of like, oh my, I was, for me, I, I was more intrigued to watch it just to kind of hear her story and how she actually got there. So today's episode is called Champions. So I'm going to be discussing three different champions, people that have pretty much just, just stood their ground and fought for a cause. A champion is a person who fights or argues for a cause on behalf of someone else. And just seeing this documentary, I was just like, I cried, I laughed, I, it was emotional and it makes me reflect on myself. Like, what am I doing in my life that's significant? Am I helping people? Am I making an impact? It really is introspective. It really makes you, you know, kind of look inwards and say, how can I make a difference? Am I making a difference? And if I am, in what way? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not in any type of run, you know, I'm not running for any type of 
particular position, you know, in Congress or any type of political, you know, political sector. But it was still kind of like, what am I, what am I doing? Just to see women of power, women of all colors, just, oh man, if you haven't seen it, please see it. But I just wanted to dedicate this podcast for all champions. I'm going to list three champions. One is a man and two are, two are women. Um, but this list is not limited to, to just my top three. You know, this is just but a fraction of an even bigger list of influencers in my life. But, um, yeah, I'm just, whoa, I'm just so revved up because it's just kind of like literally like seeing that I was like, what? So here we go. So the first champion is Muhammad Ali, right? Sting like a bee, fly like a butterfly. Wait, was that right? Sting like a bee, fly like a butterfly. Right. Exactly. So his hit was like a bee because it stung, and then he was like fast like a butterfly. You know, I guess like they flutter real fast. This man, and the reason why I chose him and it it just stood out was because all of his, as a, as a man in sports, as a sportsman, as an athlete, that's not all that he stood for. That wasn't his own, that, that wasn't his only pedestal. He was an outspoken advocate of issues related to race, religion, and politics, which obviously made him a very controversial person during that time, as well as in sports. And it's so relevant, even to this day, with everything that he that he stood for and that he fought for. During that time, I forgot what world what war it was. I think it was a World War II. Was it World War II? No, not World War II. Whatever. Vietnam War? Yes, Vietnam War. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Again, email me, conqueryourminds at gmail.com. If I'm wrong, please correct me. And yeah, and also just share with me who your champions are in life. Share your story, share why this is your champion um, or why you believe they're a champion and so forth. But, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. But yeah, he he was going to fight in the Vietnam War, war, but he was in opposition of it. And I remember having this conversation with somebody and he had said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm just kind of, I, I'm not going word for word, but it was something like, he's not going to go and fight a war and kill people that did nothing to him. And, you know, and it's true. Like he's not going to go overseas, kill people that did nothing to him. And meanwhile, the people that he's fighting for, they hate him and they're lynching his people. They're killing his people. There's immense injustices that are being inflicted on his people. So he was just like, there ain't no way that I'm going over there and I'm fighting for you. Like, get out of here. Kick rocks. So right there, that was just a champion. He went against the grain. I, a champion for me is somebody, it's not only it's not only that they fight, but they go against the norm. They go against what everybody else is doing. They go against um something that whatever feeling that they feel, um, they just keep going with it, but they go against like what everybody else is saying to them, like, oh, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. They they go against that and they prove everybody wrong. And some of the qualities was, yeah, yeah, some of the qualities and characteristics of a champion is somebody that's tenacious. 
somebody that's steadfast, somebody that embodies strength is, you know, steadfast, you know, being unwavering, you know, tenacious, just kind of being extremely determined and just focused and not letting anything steer you off your path and you just stay focused. And so I just thought that Muhammad Ali was a great example of a champion because, yeah, not only did he whoop butt, you know what I'm saying? Not only did he knock people down, but just the fact that he stood up for his people in that sense and him being in a position of, uh, you know, he was a celebrity. So he's kind of like, I guess you could say that, oh man, his name is slipping my mind. And I'm looking at his face right now. The, uh, the 49ers quarterback, Jesus, his name is going to come to me. It's not Jesus. His name isn't Jesus, but his, he's going to come, it's going to come to Colin Kaepernick. Woo! There you go. I told you maybe those snaps are kind of like triggering something, but Colin Kaepernick, I guess you could say kind of followed in his footsteps, you know, kind of just still standing that ground for, for our people just to say there's too many injustices going on. And, you know, we got to do something about it where we have this platform where we're being heard. So he decided to use that platform. And so he's a champion because of that. He spoke against, you know, uh, well, yeah, that, that was politics as well, because war is, you know, is, is, um, you know, kind of goes together with, with politics and all that stuff. So, so yeah, so, that is my number one champion. Not my number one, but this is my the first champion that I'm going to talk about in this. And his quote that I have is, I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. So he already had built up this belief system in himself that he was going to be the greatest and that he wasn't going to let anybody take that belief or that dream or that fight that fire away from him he stood his ground and that is why he's in my list of champions second one second champion is close to home no it's not my mother right sounds kind of harsh no it ain't it ain't my mother what she's you know we can talk about her in another episode but my champion my second champion that i wish to mention is mi abuela or mama as we called her which is my grandmother my mother's mother she was a migrant of she migrated from puerto rico and during that time um that she came i believe she came in 1920 how old was she what 1930 i don't know you know what i gotta get the dates i'm, I'm not i don't want to you know, you know, fill this podcast with any fallacies, you know, any deceitful, you know, uh, details, but whatever. She came in like the early 90s, 1900s, right? Like 1930 something, whatever. And I could have, I think during that time, they still had to sign, they had to go through Ellis Island and and so forth like that. The reason why she's my champion is that this woman, English not being her first language and not being her language at all, only spoke Spanish. She came over here not knowing any English, and she just 
did whatever she had to do. Again, the, the tenacity and the strength and the courage that it takes to strip yourself from a familiar surrounding and bring yourself to then relocate and find your place in a place that's so foreign, in a place that doesn't even accept people that don't even know English. And that's even still to this day. There's so many people that are still, you know, they say nasty things about people that, you know, that speak Spanish that you hear them. You know, you see all these videos, you know, people are just very ignorant and just, just extremely unkind. So to me, I don't think there'll ever be world peace. I think we need to do a real life purge and get rid of those people. And then we will have world peace anyway, but I digress <laughs> anyway, right? A little bit of real murderous, but just, just imagine, I always envy people that do that. It's just when, when I meet people and they're like, yeah, I came from Poland. I came from, you know, wherever they came from, that English isn't their first language. And for them to actually make strides to, to make it work. And it was difficult. It was extremely difficult for my grandmother. Um, I don't know who she knew here prior to, to her travels here, but from my understanding was that she used to watch TV and that's how she knew. That's kind of like how she picked up speaking English. And I guess uh, speak, uh, speaking English also from her coworker, she got a job in, what was it, Creed? Creed, I want to say, I was going to say Creed Morehouse. That makes no sense. It's Creed something. It's a hospital, I think, in Queens. So I think she got hired to possibly be a housekeeper or just like, maybe a transporter, whatever her position was. Again, I don't want to lie, but she was working at this, oh, I think it was Creedmoor, right? She was working at this hospital, and I think that's where she, um, you know, gained her knowledge of English, and that's kind of like how she was able to, you know, to speak it and be able to converse and, and feel comfortable. And I just, I went to Thailand. What was it? Like two years ago, I went there. Literally, this is a country that I don't even like the percentage of people that speak English is probably like it's small, obviously, because English isn't isn't their primary language. But I went there and it was just to be engulfed in an atmosphere where nobody speaks your language and it's difficult to communicate Um it's difficult to communicate through words, but body language is universal. You know, there, there's all these sign languages and that's universal and people, you could kind of communicate that way until you get the basic words. But I went there and it was just like, like I freaked out, not because of that, but because I thought I was going to have a better support system. And I think I really wasn't as prepared as I thought I was going to be. So unfortunately I ended up cutting my trip short and returning back home. But for the people like my grandmother and like for all these other immigrants and all these other people that decide to make that trip and just dig their feet in the sand and say, no, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do what I have to do, not only for me, but for future generations. So future generations, she had four kids. With those four kids came a plethora of grandchildren. How many of us there are? I don't even know. With those grandchildren, they had children. 
and so forth and so forth. You know, then my grandmother had her sisters that came over and, you know, it, it just, the family and the support, it just expanded. But it was her that came. It was her that pioneered that journey from Puerto Rico to the U.S. And for some people, it's just like, oh, but it's just Puerto Rico. But what it was before and those times then are completely different than what it is now, kind of, sort of, in a sense that, you know, you come here, she probably didn't have classes. You know, they have classes out here where you could attend to, to learn English as a second language, you know, which is TESOL, teach English as a second language. And um, they didn't have that. So it's just kind of like you had to figure it out. You had to do it on your own. So for me, my grandmother is my champion for that reason. The strength that she had to just, yeah, just to just to be here. I was just like, 13G. Am I saying that wrong? Was it 13G? 13B. I think my grandmother, grandmother was 10G. I think she was 13B. I don't know. Somebody's going to correct me later. But it's just, like, when I think of my grandmother, I think of that apartment. When I think of that apartment, I think of my grandmother. Like, it's synonymous. It's, you can't think of one without the other. The home-cooked meals, the, the overcrowded apartment during Christmas, the overcrowded apartment during baby showers. To me, I'm like, I'm always like, why are people doing baby showers in these freaking halls? Why don't you do it in someone's house? Like, that's what I was raised on. Like, why are we spending extra money when we could just all congregate in someone's house? Oh, it's not that big. Well, then we're going to have to cut the, the invitation list down. Your friend's friend's friend can't come. I'm sorry. And then especially the friend's friend's friend that comes, they don't have a gift. But then yet they still want to play the food. Yeah, no, we chopping this list down. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, right? It sounded like I had a personal experience. Um, No, not not quite. No. But she is my champion because of that. She she was a champion because she fought against insurgents trying to seize her kitchen. So she had this thing that, you know, the, the kitchens and the projects, they're very small. It's just like a like a strip of floor. Got the stove, you got the, you know, it's just enough for you to just walk in and walk out. You have the 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 both ends of the kitchen, they're open, so you know you can kind of have an easy exit. And it was always, you know, get out of my kitchen, get out of the refrigerator. I mean, she said it in Spanish. So we used to always try to like, you know, you hear her kind of like leaving her room and then she would like shuffle her feet against the floor. And you'd be like, oh, sweat, she's coming. And then you try to like hurry up and leave and not get caught. And then, oh, her most favorite one was coño, coño, or shit. That coño is the same thing. It's shit. But yeah, my grandmother the champion. Those were her quotes. <laughs> Goño. And get out of my refrigerator and get out of my kitchen. Moving on to the third champion. Last but not least, Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Watching that documentary, it just... It, it just, it, it hit home. It, it was so impactful 
And I wasn't even expecting it to. It makes you want to do something. It makes you want to get involved. It makes you want to be a part of something greater than yourself. And it's not even just her. It was the people that were behind her. Everybody that that helped her through. You know, her passion and her drive and her fight. To, to make a change, to, to fight against Joe Crowley that for 14 years, no one ever, ever, ever ran against him. And it's just like, what? And to have this girl from the Bronx, that was a waitress, right? And that's not the only thing that she was, but she went to Boston University and uh, she studied international uh, affairs. So it, it's it's just a beautiful story and how how family oriented she is and how like she's part of the grassroots movement, the people that are in the community that want to make a change and that are and that are doing their best to have one foot in the community and one foot in Congress so that this way then they could bridge that gap to make real change and not just talk about it, do something about it. You know, it's, it it was just amazing. At the end of the movie, she talks about how when she was a little girl, she went to, like her father was going on this trip. It was all guys. And she's like, please daddy, please daddy, please daddy. And obviously he relented. He kind of like gave in to her, you know, to her uh, tactics or, you know, just her, you know, her constant pleading. And he was like, fine, just yes, come on. And they had driven by the White House and say, he says to her, he says, you see this right here? This is ours. This belongs to us. And she's crying at that. As she's saying this and recalling this moment, she's crying. And then I start crying because it's true, like, that building represents the people and we are the people. The people isn't just white people. The people is everybody that lives in the United States. The people are black people. The people are Spanish people. They are Indian people. They are everybody people. And it's just a shame that the hierarchy of of our system, those at the top, they, their propaganda is so profound and it's so slick and so smart that, that they get us every time. But she's in this run to, you know, she, her, her fight is to kind of break down these barriers. And and I love it. She fights for the immigrants. She fights for medical care for all. And it, it's just beautiful. You know, she's just here for everybody. Then also in the video, you got Corey Bush, you got Amy um, Valletta. Uh, is it Valletta? Valletta? I think it was Valletta. I'm sorry if I'm saying her last name wrong. Amy Valletta and her story was, man, her story from those, she was, she was running for Congress in Vegas, in the Vegas district. 
and I was crying hysterically. Just her personal story and and what her fighting was like her what her why was as to why she was running for it. And it was just yeah, I started crying. Paula, Paula Jean, you know, her fight in West Virginia and just them having poor water quality. And because of that, how it's blighted the community with cancer. It's crazy. Like this, this community, like she was saying, I'm going to point down to every house that has where someone lived, where, where either they had cancer, but they passed away or they have cancer. And it, it was just, it was crazy. So that's her fight. Corey Bush, her fight is, you know, she um, was a part of, well, not part, she's, she doesn't look too far from Ferguson when Michael Brown died. And, you know, it's just about, we need the, we need justice for everybody. We need equality. We need respect in these communities. We need to have these conversations where we come together. You know, we need to, to, um, create yeah just to create these conversations with with both sides like yeah I'm a you know her being a woman of color yeah I'm dark skin but that doesn't mean that I'm not educated that doesn't mean that I'm not valued that doesn't mean I'm not worth anything you know and it is just amazing you have to see this right I said all of those women so maybe all those women are my champion as well within the last third so you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Corey Bush, like I said, Paula Jean, you have Amy Valletta. I'm sorry, I feel like, I think it's Valella. Anyway, it's just amazing. Like, what are you fighting for? What are your beliefs? And is, is what you're fighting for enough? What change do you want to make? I had a conversation with my friend that actually had told me about the podcast, I mean, not the podcast, I'm sorry, they had told me about the the Netflix documentary. We were talking about another friend of ours, and she just said to me, she ended up saying, you know, I don't have anything in my life that I'm that passionate about. I mean, maybe it's time to think about it. Maybe it's time to, to sit down and contemplate, like, what are you that passionate about? There has to be something. But your energy isn't focused on that. That's not your focal point. So you don't know what it is. Me, I want to help people. I want to educate people. I want to work with people. I want to heal people. That's what I want to do. This is why I started my podcast. This is why I was a volunteer fitness instructor, to help people get healthy, to help people physically get healthy. And with physical um, health, I mean, physical health, it in turn helps with your mental health and your emotional health. So you see, it's like a cycle of things. It's like a chain of things that it benefits. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio's Cortez's quote, it's actually two quotes, one from Fox News and one from CNN. But I'm going to read it as a sentence because it's kind of broken up, but I'm going to read it together as one. I had to kind of like flip through and I felt like these two excerpts that were from whatever talk that she had, me marrying these two quotes together was perfect. And it goes like this. But me, I'm going up the hill and I hope you are too. 
That is the goal. It's ambitious. Let me say that again. But me, I'm going up the hill and I hope you are too. That is the goal. It's ambitious. How beautiful is that? Her goal and her fight, just like so many of those women that were looking to be appointed into a seat of Congress, they were going up that hill. They had a vision. It's like, are you going with her? Are you going with them, with all, with, with all of those women? What is your goal? What is... Yeah, what makes you a champion? Everybody's a champion, but what makes you a champion? Think about that. Just because, you know, these people are celebrities and, you know, they got a lot of money and they're, you know, they're influencing people and they, they've, you know, they, you know, people kind of look up to them and, you know, they're, they've become these huge inspirations. Like, you have the same qualities, the same, you, you have these, these same qualities. What makes you a champion? Think about that. Like so many other influencers, like I said, these three aren't, my list isn't limited to these three. There is a large list of influencers. Um, you know, like my mother's father, she was an Afro-Latina. She combated racism during her time. You know, she was, you know, she's black. So she had to deal with that and you know, just all these people, all these other influencers like Jesus, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, kind of changing the game of plays, Barack Obama and his counterpart, Michelle. Amazing people. Again, how are you a champion? And know you are.